Hello and a warm welcome to Startups, Sparks and Serendipity. As always, this is Mike with Maxi as well. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Mike. Uh, very well. Can't complain. Sunday evening couldn't have a better. Uh, couldn't have something. Couldn't have something worse than uh, talking to you. <laughs> okay, it couldn't be worse than that. No, Thanks. I'm sorry. Better. I'm sorry. I was actually in. I I, in I totally notes. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get better. I'm super sorry. I'm I mixed no up worries. my no I mixed up my sentence in the first thirty seconds. Very nice. Yeah, your subconscious was was playing into that, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think last episode, we dove into audio, one of your favorite industries, yep. and I would say actually like favorite topics in general. And today we wanted to continue doing that, talk a bit more about some recent news, but also about some other angles of the industry. And then we also have two listener questions that we want to answer. Absolutely. So, and I have a question before that, Mike. Interesting. Um, okay, go be ahead. Before we dive in, maybe, I mean, we have a, a very, very small anniversary we are at episode 11 um, as far as I understood it and uh, so we have we've kind of talked to each other for 10 episodes now and I just wanted to kind of shortly reflect also for the listeners and um, I mean we have we've just crossed the line of 10 episodes what have you learned especially um, what do you think was nice what do you think we could improve um, and then kind of move on to the topic itself <laughs> <laughs> okay, great, great question, actually. So I reflected on that a bit. And you know, I always have my journal where I write down things that go well, or things that I could improve. And then once a week, I go a bit deeper. And about the podcast, I think two of my biggest learnings are one, I have the feeling, obviously, that you get better at it, right? If mm. you if you do things and reflect on how to get better, you can get better. But also, I think, especially if it's a podcast with someone else, Synergy is super, super important. And at least I have the feeling that our synergy gets better. And we also had a couple of speaking gigs together outside of the podcast. And I just think that this is something that just has improved way quicker than I expected it to. Mm. So that's point one. Like, I think I personally got better at doing this. Secondly, I think our synergy has definitely improved. Then one other thing that I think we learned is just have a good setup because it just removes so much friction out of it, right? Yep. So we're still experimenting with that. But I have a feeling that now our process is just way clearer and it's just way less time, uh, way less of a time sink to actually get the episode uploaded, which makes it much easier to actually commit and record and then upload. So I think that's, uh, the, I think one of the learnings is have a good process doesn't have to be super sophisticated, but that's very helpful. And I think things that I would like to improve in hindsight is, I think we should have done the process a bit earlier, just mm. like steady rhythm, like very simple process, just so that everything so that everything is clear. And then also, I personally, like recorded i think two episodes in the beginning where the setup wasn't perfect that was when we still recorded with the phones and oh, yeah. so sure. I, in hindsight <laughs> hindsight i would i would change that because right now having like the real setup with the mic in front of my computer just feels way better and then one last thing is i actually learn a lot from the podcast and one thing is just to get better at podcasting hopefully but then also two other things one i learned things from you right that's one of the reasons why we're even doing that <laughs> to to learn things from each other and then also i have a different perspective on what i what news i hear what tools i find like one of my first thoughts is always okay how can i actually use how can i tell other people about it and that's a it's it's a very nice thing. So I'm, uh, I have a new purpose and I can share my joy when I find something cool with other people, which is, mm. which is very nice. What, what do you think? Like, what, what did you learn? And also very importantly, what do you think you could have improved? But even more importantly, what do you think we can still improve? First of all, I am quite impressed. I mean, you didn't know this question before, and I think you summarized it quite well. Um, and I don't really have a lot more to add because, of course, everything that you have said kind of counts vice versa. Maybe a mm. couple of, of things that I, I, I kind of would love to mention is that uh, the podcasting itself helps to kind of get a, let's say, bird's eye view and kind of zoom out of everything that's happened on a, on a day to day basis. And because we sometimes talk also about kind of more abstract uh, topics and try to also summarize certain industries or certain topics that we like to talk about into a more, let's say, holistic view, I think it 
helps to kind of just zoom out once in a while. And some people do that through meditation, which I think both of us also partly do, um, maybe irregularly or regularly. But I think generally, it, it's kind of like a meditative state, as we as we said last time as well, to kind of zoom out of the, the, the day-to-day environment and, and talk about things that we also like to talk about that maybe don't really fit into the time schedule day over day. That's, I think, one part. Um, then the other part is that I totally agree with the, the synergy part that you mentioned. And I, I believe that also... Um, funny enough, I also realized over time what I didn't know before that we have different verticals where we are experts in. And I, I, I mean, I have a, a good knowledge of mental models, but you are way more into the details. And it's quite interesting to see how the how that kind of mixes in between when you know more about the vertical itself, and I'm more, let's say, um, I'm, I'm a general kind of. I have general knowledge in the field, but kind of mixing mm. it both together is really, really interesting. Um, and I don't see us as kind of two all, all the time, two experts at the same field. I see it kind of as a back and forth of ideas um, that we stretch around in, in the discussion. So that's something that I think is very positive, uh, covering also um, what you have said earlier. Um, one thing that I think we, we can improve, I agree, processes are very important. We, we could have done that earlier. And also, I think it's just a time thing. But I think one thing that we can improve is everything related to promotion. Um, we are currently mm. focusing on LinkedIn, which of course is kind of the main channel for us, I guess. But I think looking into the future, uh, I also see lots of potential with TikTok. Of course, Instagram is still uh, still still hot. Um, uh, same with with Facebook, and I think we can leverage that. But I think uh, in respect of time, that's kind of difficult. But I, uh, that's kind of where I see also where the podcast can can go and can grow further in the future. Yeah. And then also, I think word of mouth is just very important, right? Absolutely. So everyone who is listening, if you like this, why don't you tell at least one friend right now or after you you finish listening uh, that they should listen to us. And then we can stop the the flywheel by doing that. Uh, but yeah, that was that, that was definitely definitely helpful. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think one last thing is one thing we could do even better is audio and community interactions because mostly we just say hey thanks for the feedback but mm. we didn't really put too much of the requests or questions that we got from people who are listening into the focus of what we're doing so this is what That's we're changing true. a bit today by answering two of the listener questions but yeah uh, I think that's that's it for me on that end. I would love to switch to the podcasting or the audio part, uh, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Let's go. Okay. I, you want to start with the news or you want to start with like a more generalized thing? No, let's start with the news. And I think there are a couple of things that happened and I would love to kind of get your feedback um, or let's say your first grasp on it. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, there was a, a, a big... Um, funding being announced for clubhouse a club mm-hmm. like the club and house like the house <laughs> um, yeah. because i've raised 12 billion at potentially a hundred million dollar valuation and i just wanted to get your grasp of how you thought about um reading it when kind of also linking that to our um, passion for audio yeah first of all when you google it you will be very confused if you don't know what you're looking for to everyone who's listening mm. because there's different companies that are called clubhouse there's one company that's a, i think a project management tool for remote companies or something like that <laughs> and they just raised their series b from Greylock. we're not talking about that company we are talking about the audio company that recently raised i think 12 million from Andreessen Horowitz. So if you Google that, be aware, there's not that much that you can find about Clubhouse, which is one part of its hype. And yeah, so maybe some context on how I found out about Clubhouse at first. Mm. It was basically the talk of VC Twitter or like in general, like VCs and then also like early stage tech people for some time in Silicon Valley. Very similar to Superhuman, right? Yeah, yeah. Similar to Superhuman in a different way, though, because on the cool thing about Clubhouse is that you can just basically join a room, talk to someone and have other people in there. So it was more of a community thing where some actually like VC legends or entrepreneurial guys or girls would meet, talk about crazy things. And then only a small circle of people was allowed to actually listen to them since Clubhouse is invite only. So Mm. they were like creating this feeling of hype and exclusivity and everyone was going crazy about it. And many people wanted invites and everyone wanted to be on there. And especially VCs really loved it. And I think that's one of the big reasons why they were able to raise at a roughly $100 million valuation without having more than a thousand users, I think. (laughs) I don't even know what the actual number is, but it's I think it's in the like 
three digit range from from what I've read. And uh, that's the inter- interesting part, right? It underlines, I think, two things. Kind of the the exclusivity part still works apparently, at least in in Silicon Valley, from what I can see here mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, you saw that the same thing happening with Superhuman, and they are still actually actually doing it. That they only, uh, let's say, let let people use Superhuman in case they got referred or invited by a current Superhuman user. And I feel this whole exclusivity thing is still working, even though everybody has kind of seen it for years now. Um, I still remember kind of the first landing pages where people were telling me that they only have kind of 10 licenses left for a program or whatever it was. And I think you see that still happening uh, in 2020. And that's kind of the first part. And the the second part that, of course, also I find quite quite interesting from an audio perspective is that there have been kind of numerous investments in the past um, regarded in, in regards to audio, but and also there have been kind of numerous uh, startups and, and and we have also built an MVP back then for, from our point to to build an audio social network. And apparently it just took some time until one player that is, of course, also well connected to the VC market raises lots and lots of money to push the idea forward, which I find, of course, super cool as an audio fan. But it, it just took some time until it kind of reached a, a more um, a bigger market also in the VC world, apparently. Yeah. And you also have to keep in mind, one, they still have to prove that they have mainstream or even more than niche feasibility, right? Mm. Because maybe right now everyone is using them, but the bet from Andreessen is that everyone or a lot of very important people will be using it. Yeah, and. The crazy thing is, if you think about where this could go, if you have spontaneous live stream conversations of like two people that are that you really admire or that are really experts in the industry, and then you have other people in there in the room, and then they can tap some of them just to join them quickly, like ask a question or give a comment. So you could have like your two main experts and then a couple of bespoke experts and just create a really interesting kind of content that's more dynamic than most things we know and also more flexible i think than live streaming mm. in my in my opinion so it, it it's a very cool product I think, and it, it has a, a very cool vision. But I, I I do have to say that I think that part of the crazy valuation is just all the hype that it gathered. And that kind of, if you were the VC who invested in it, you got a lot of street cred in Silicon Valley. And that's probably not everything, but it definitely pushed the valuation a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and the like I question Andreessen Horowitz, of course, um, being one of the main investors, because I wonder, I mean, they are kind of, they seem to be a data-driven investor, and I wonder what their fact and data was to support um, a, a, a let's say pre-beta startup that is not even um, fully out there. Um, so I, I, I would love to kind of understand why they did the investment. Um, and there's not really a lot that you can read about it. Um, but one thing, yeah, that a couple I... of things I heard mm-hmm. like through back channels, like unofficially, was that some of them just compared it to Facebook, mm. like as an example. And the reasoning was if you had the opportunity to invest in Facebook or in something like it, then you should because if it fails, you don't really care. I mean, you do care, but I mean, it's just, it's not that much money for them and they have a large portfolio. But if it really goes through the roof for your own portfolio's sake, but also for your reputation's sake, if it was dangling in front of you and you didn't see it, sure, then it would be bad because this is one of the deals literally everyone in Silicon Valley knew about. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. And I wonder, I mean, I just talked to a a friend yesterday who's um, more a product guy. And of course, he also looked a little bit onto into the kind of audio scene a little bit. And one thing that he mentioned, which I see some similarities to Clubhouse is that he would love to kind of build a product and he has built a a super small prototype a couple of years back, but he would love to have a product that that you that you can join um, as soon as you're kind of watching TV or you're watching a Netflix series, and you just start tapping a button and you jump into a conversation with other people that also watch or certain series or YouTube video or whatever, and it automatically links to the stuff that you're seeing in the second through kind of augmented reality or through any kind of um, information that can be um, kind of imported to to the app itself um, based on the stuff you're watching. And I find that quite cool. And I think there will be lots of stuff happening in, in the audio scene. And I remember back then we called it Twitter for voice um, because there there's just a lot of similarities between the the Twitter part, but also kind of the, the Facebook and Instagram part interacting in a more natural and 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 live way then then it maybe is not really existing on, on on facebook right yeah i i think there's a lot of interesting things happening and maybe transitioning to another news item which was very exciting in like a, a bit of a different way for the audio and this 
time specifically for the podcasting space mm-hmm. is that Joe Rogan's podcast, you probably you probably heard about it, was like the license deal was bought by Spotify. <laughs> so what that actually means is that Joe Rogan will like get roughly $100 million, I think, for a three-year contract. Yep. And the podcast will be exclusive on Spotify. So you won't be able to listen to it through other podcast platforms anymore. It won't be uploaded to YouTube anymore. And... Yeah, it was basically the talk of the podcast industry for, I mean, we're a bit late with that, but for the last couple of weeks, let's put it like that. So what do you think about it? Do you think Spotify made a good deal? Do you think Joe Rogan made a good deal? Uh, do you think like it's something completely different? Like what's your, what's your opinion on that? To, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm really not hundred percent sure what I, what I, what I think about the deal yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, of course for Spotify, I think it was quite smart. Um, because they they actually get a lot of awareness um, they also leveraged the opportunity that Joe Rogan's podcast apparently was one of the most searched podcasts on the podcast kind of area on Spotify so they they just looked at the data and they understood okay he actually has a lot of awareness in the market already but of course there are still lots of listeners on other podcast apps and and especially YouTube and they kind of want to gather all the different listeners or or people that have watched his videos to come to come to Spotify and just kind of explore the opportunities uh, with the music and the podcasting world so i think for spotify was just a very very smart deal for joe rogan i'm not 100 sure yet um of course money wise of course uh, yes a very good deal but um i'm still wondering like whether he actually will lose some listeners and fans because he he has kind of left them alone now on an audio only version and it's not really being seen on youtube which was a big thing and uh, i think lots of people appreciate it to kind of see him and the guests and that's kind of gone completely so i think for spotify yeah, spotify will probably launch videos soon i i guess maybe for joe rogan i don't know could be i mean yeah they probably have some some plans in the back but what i thought what i thought was quite interesting also looking to kind of better understand the deal and why they made it happen and and it's of course that users now like especially people coming for for the free version users pay with their data and and spotify can definitely learn a lot on on user behavior and how people are kind of searching um different podcasts how long they also listen to joe rogan's podcast so they learn a lot with him being kind of the first big podcast on the platform from another platform um, and he kind of seems to be the the rocket fuel for them to just grow their podcasting business and what i finally understood also looking into external resources that spotify combines all worlds i mean they sell ads um through anchor um they make content themselves now through gymlet they bought different kind of providers like gymlet they have a very very popular player i mean through the the music background of course they have kind of understood everything related to um playing music and playing podcasting and finally and that's the fourth layer that they kind of covered is they bought a tool which we also use called anchor um to create shows so i think they have a a full rounded um system that focuses on on everything related to to podcasting which is amazing yeah like let let me comment on on that first and then going into like what i think about the joe rogan deal i think spotify is making a really really smart move and they they have been making smart moves in the music industry but i think their actual foresight into how they moved into into the audio scene is really really well thought out like you said it they basically cover all their different flanks and they have the technology you need like they are experts at displaying audio and then two other advantages that you have like one they like many people already have Spotify. So one of the biggest problems for many podcasting apps is that you need the user to install you, but he already has pre-installed Apple Podcasts. So how do you get people to install your podcasting app? One, it can just be a really, really good app. But then again, some people just don't care about that. Then two, it can just be that you have exclusive content, which is what Spotify is working on as well. But usually in the podcasting world, exclusives are not that common, at least not yet, but I think mm. they will be more common. Yep. And then lastly, what you can also do is just cross-sell, right? If you already have a lot of music users, some of them will probably also listen to podcasts or just offer podcasts on your platform. And I think we talked about it the last time, like what apps we are using. And I'll probably take a listen into Joe Rogan on Spotify if it's only there. Uh, However, like uh, a couple more things on the deal and why Mm -hmm. I think it's an extremely smart deal. One, you talked about it. It just gets a lot of PR, but then like a lot of hype around it. Uh, Two, it shows that Spotify is really serious in the podcast business. So now it will be much easier for them to convince others if they could convince joe rogan 
they can basically sweep through all the other podcasts. Mm. And the funny thing is that they probably don't even have to offer them that much. They they just need to show that the that Joe made a good deal and that it was good for him. And uh, then also two other things why Joe Rogan is a perfect podcast. One, it's one of the most listened in the world. I don't know if it's – is it the, the most listened to? I don't, I don't I, actually know. I think it was. I'm not sure if, we, if it's still if it's still. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely up there, right? And then also it's – their episodes are really, really long. Yeah. So if, you, if you're actually a Joe Rogan fan, you will spend a lot of time in the Spotify app. And this is something that's very valuable, like you said, for uh, especially for the free version where you don't pay for it. Because you, you just gi- they just give you more data. Or they just give Spotify more data. Then also, Joe Rogan is uploading a lot of episodes. So there's just a lot of content, a lot of people that are listening to it. And then also very... Like Jerome is a, also a good podcast because they, he has so many different guests, mm. right? Mm. And they will bring like indirectly their fan base to spotify as well because when they say hey listen to this podcast i was on joe rogan whether it's a famous athlete or a comedian or like some fringe right wing or left wing activist like he he does them all right he basically they basically create their own promotion engine through influencers without Mm. paying the influencers a single dime because they do it for free so that's just like another thing that's at least for me showing that spotify made a really good deal i mean it's it's your your favorite topic right network effects (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's definitely up there and yeah so i think spotify made a really good deal for joe i think he probably made a good deal i mean he gets 100 million i don't know like he was probably like he was very rich before but that sounds good to him and then also he mentioned in one of his last podcasts that he would never sell the podcast like Mm. he he had offers before for people who wanted to own parts of it but this is just a license deal which was very important to him and then i think to be honest for me personally i hate it i really really dislike it yeah because for me one of the <laughs> one of the beautiful things about podcasts is just that you can access them everywhere and it just basically stifles the conversation and also i don't know how spotify wants to deal with the fact that a lot of joe specifically joe rogan's podcast always created very interesting conversations in the youtube comments or like on on different platforms where different people would come together now only the people who listen on spotify can come together so yeah, I, mean, he, yeah he, I i, he, I really he, dislike it he, likewise i as one thing that i kind of also see what you just mentioned right he repurposed or his fans repurposed lots like lots of his videos into kind of smaller snippets uh, kind of elon musk talking about space or elon musk talking about this yeah. and that yeah and that's something yeah. that i think that's that's not going to be completely lost but it's definitely going to be reduced because fans have been mm-hmm. watching his videos and that's totally gone now um which which wait, let's wait i mean maybe spotify has some crazy ideas about integrating video into their app which would be insane also uh, looking at it from a competitor standpoint for youtube and google um i i'm, I'm very excited to see that kind of happening potentially in the future so let's keep our ears and and eyes open um to (laughs) see what spotify has has coming up next yeah i think you had like one or two other investments that just happened in uh, the technology space or what was it that you mentioned in the pre-recorded conversation yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I found quite interesting, I looked at kind of the recent investment, kind of taking, of course, a different view on on the voice and audio space. Um, voice technology is one vertical, and we have talked about it last episode where we said, hey, there are different verticals. Voice technology is one of them. And there have actually been, even though there's COVID and there's a crisis happening, there have been very, very specific investments into voice technology startups, um, starting from Soapbox. They just raised um, 5.8 million. What they actually do is they create a a speech recognition engine for for kids um, to, mm. or for, for people that want to create content for kids specifically. And what I found interesting here is that it's all about kind of building up remote content, whether it's remote literacy or audio language learning courses. And they like Soapbox has analyzed um, the, the language of kids and how they use language for, I think, six, seven years. And they have just used all their research and all the knowledge in the field to build a very, very specific speech recognition engine for kids which I found quite amazing. Um, Also looking at it um, from a content perspective, of course. And the other startup was Audio Intelligence. And that's that's something that makes me really exciting, um, really excited. They just raised Mm -hmm. 8.5 million. And what they do is, everybody should check it out. Um, What they do is if you have a Zoom conversation to make it quite quite pragmatic, if you have a Zoom conversation and you're like in a a big and loud room where there are lots of other people, they automatically make your sound clear by a certain technology that they developed. And even though you are in the 
loudest environment ever, it feels like you have a kind of one-on-one conversation and you don't hear any kind of background noise. Oh, can I give that to like lots of the people I have meetings with? <laughs> Please go ahead. I mean, we can do a, a startup spark and serendipity partnership with them potentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hate it. Like when people are, especially people that are sitting in cafes or whatever and take their calls there. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to understand them from time to time agree and, and and it's cool they like they i love their website they make it super playful you can literally click on a video and you have you see a zoom conversation or any kind of video conversation happening and you can click a button of whether you want to use audio intelligence for the video or not and then you kind of get a, mm. get a very good understanding of how their technology works and i'm personally fascinated is it consumer is it b2b like how, how, how does it work how, how, how do i have to pay for it how can i get it <laughs> good very good point actually i didn't check out their kind of go to market i think it's it's a b2b um b2b focused i think they have a okay classic. that makes sense yeah i mean b2b makes a lot of sense apparently yeah it doesn't seem like a, a no it's not a consumer thing apparently that's sad but, but i'll definitely put in a request <laughs> i want it for my company <laughs> and then, then we'll definitely try it please yeah i think it, it's it, i'm 100 i mean they're on a good pathway and let's talk about it in six months again i'm pretty sure they will be bought by google zoom or any competitor because that's a clear competitive advantage if one of these big players in the voice like in the video conferencing area they use yeah. all your intelligence if it's really if it's really working and then also the it's difficult to build then this is a this is definitely an acquisition case yeah 100 and i love it it's technology driven um it actually solves a big pain um it can be used in a in a in a wide range of kind of environments not very niche but still a niche technology <laughs> um, especially in times of COVID. i think what i kind of summarized from from these couple of investments is that it's there's still lots of investments happening into the audio space nevertheless i see that it's definitely a more focused manner than maybe a couple of years back when there were lots mm. of investments into podcasts, podcast analytics tools, audio tools, voice tools. And it's the, the, the fancy investments kind of have stopped and everything uh, that kind of relates to, of course, re- remote and home office working, it seems to become even bigger um, in, in the voice technology space. Would, would, would audio intelligence also work if I'm sitting in an Uber or driving or something? Because that's that's a pain point. If you could do proper calls while you're... I mean, either sitting in an Uber with your headphones or then like using the system of the car uh, because sometimes it like the sound isn't that good. Do, do, you, do you know if that works as well? No, I don't. But but how about um, we, we send an email to them, um, just us both saying, hey, we have a podcast. We love audio. We love voice. We would love to test your product and give a kind of review on our podcast for our listeners since we talked about it. Um, maybe they're in for it. Would you be down? That's do you think it's like who, who do who did they raise the money from? Like where, where are they based? Are they based in the US? Maybe I can I can see if we know them actually. Um, I think they are in the US. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, um, well we'll take a look. Okay, yeah, uh, we perfect. will report what we hear back. <laughs> we we'll see that we can get someone in the conversation and see what we can talk about that. One Please. thing that I wanted to still talk about uh, before we close off the audio conversation for now is monetization of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very interesting topic because many people do it full time or like want to do it full time. Or uh, I think it's definitely an aspiration for many creators, but it's still very, it's still not that easy to monetize podcasts, right? And yep. obviously our podcast isn't monetized. We're not doing it for the money. We just do it because it's fun and because uh, people are listening in to it and like it. But it's it's very interesting, especially for people who want to become someone like Joe Rogan or maybe a couple of levels below that like people want to lift from it so like creators on youtube or, or other platforms and i think podcasting is uniquely dif- difficult if you only do podcasting this is why many famous podcasts or really good podcasts are either from radio studios like npr or like other production studios or uh, also um kind of big like some brand podcasts yeah and then also from famous people like people yeah. that already they, they just do it on the side to promote their own work or to have an additional channel but yeah, let's jump in monetization methods. Uh, I'll just mention a couple and then uh, you, you can say how you think about it, what you think makes most sense. And mm. it's a bit context dependent, right? But yeah. I think it's it's very interesting to think about how it, podcasts can be monetized and what's lacking right now. Because the easier it is without interrupting the quality or without diminishing the quality, the better it will be for more good podcasts. So one of the most obvious ones is you can get ads or sponsorships. Um 
So you can say, hey, buy the new Casper mattress. It's great. <laughs> or um, if you like to listen to podcasts, why don't you use Audible? You get one, one free audiobook. I think probably most of you have, have, have heard these, these ads before. Then donations is big for, for some podcasts. Mm. And donations, uh, I, we will comment on them later. Like donations, you can do paid content where you just like let people pay per episode. Right, you you have some free content, and then you can pay for a specific episode. You have branded content where companies are sponsoring a whole series, or maybe specific episodes. We can some podcasts like are sponsored by like Kia or by I don't know eBay mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you can do subscription or memberships where like Sam Harris is doing that, for example. Oh, we yeah, can true. pay I think five bucks a month. I actually can decide how much you want to pay for his for his podcast, but I think the recommended is five bucks a month. And then you get access to all the episodes. So how do you think about monetization in general? What do you think is the most feasible one? And what would you like to see more? And what needs to happen for more people to actually live off it? Mm. Um, I mean, I'm, I think it's a great idea. I mean, everybody that creates content that kind of puts his or her, or her kind of whole heart into it should be um, should have kind of financial support by by doing it. And uh, if yeah, that's I mean, only if it's good, right? No, yeah, of course. No matter <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no matter how much heart someone puts into it, if no one listens to it, then they they shouldn't get money for it. But absolutely. If it's really good and you pour your heart into it in your life, then definitely. Sorry, absolutely. just wanted to say that. No, absolutely. We're not, we're not uh, <laughs> promoting <laughs> the, no. the the other kind of um, distributing money. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I, to kind of add to that, of course, like there's only money involved if there's enough, like enough or interesting listeners. Of course, um, mm -hmm. you yeah. can have, of course, micro influencers who who have a couple of thousand listeners, but they have a very interesting niche that people want to yeah. kind of put money into for to advertise their products. I want to specifically focus on two of them. Um, I think ads are still very relevant, and I believe mm. that ads are also a great way of 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 giving value. I mean, you just mentioned a couple of names that have been mentioned in advertising through their through the podcasting kind of ecosystem that are not very um they are not very value driven i think they were mentioned in 99 of all the podcasts that i'm listening to <laughs> and it's not even that i'm interested in beds or mattresses so it's um it's something that i think was just out of the value scope and i think if advertisement is really specific to the customer group for example if if your podcast is about new work and you have kind of different tools that support how how, how we can work and how we can make uh, work more efficient through remote working tools. I think it's a great idea to kind of put your advertising money into those podcasts because you have the perfect niche, you have the perfect targeting group, and it's no better. There's no better way to be a, to be more um, to be more sophisticated and also to be more authentic through a an audio advertisement uh, in in a, in a certain podcast. In my personal opinion, yeah. can so, I can I jump in for a second, please? Yeah, because that's one of the big advantages of Spotify again because they already have advertisers and they can target the advertising at least to some degree to who is actually listening once they have enough data mm. so they have a big advantage that theoretically it's it's not as personal as the podcaster actually saying hey i promote this or that but i assume if you use the free version of spotify that you get ads like before the like some of the episodes, maybe even in between, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And you can target them way easier with Spotify. And if targeted ads always give you more money, right? Which means there's more money to distribute. Mm -hmm. So I, I just wanted to mention that this is a huge advantage of companies like Spotify that already have an existing ad network and data. Agree, agree. And, and of course, that's good. that's a big advantage that Spotify has at the moment. Um, Apple is not that far, uh, to be honest, and they have not really focused on that as, as the direct competitor. Um, yeah, you can't even monetize through Apple Podcasts, right? No, is there any no. Thing that you can do? No, no I don't right? think so. No, no, yeah. I don't think there's a direct way. Maybe they have it in my mind, but not not yet. Another thing that I th I thought would be is very interesting. Maybe one thing to add. I mean, the donations part. I think everything that happens in the podcasting space, they have kind of not understood the donation side of it. If you look at Twitch, I mean, the donation part is kind of how mm. how the the creators actually keep themselves up the line more or less. And I think it's a great way of also supporting people when listening. When you have a certain thing that you found really valuable, you want to kind of donate some money to 
the to the creator of a podcast. And I think the whole donation part has not really really been fu- fully understood by companies like Spotify or Apple. So I think there's still some room and some some room for improvement here. Did did we talk about it? I, I talked to someone about like almost the exact topic of Twitch acing donations and all the other platforms sucking at it. No, I don't. I don't, I don't know where that was. No, I don't think it was us. Uh, okay. I, oh yeah, I remember. I, I talked to a buddy of mine who's um, actually working in the esports industry, and what he said is that he's super impressed by what Twitch is doing or how Twitch has changed the mindset. So basically, on Twitch, it's normal to donate money to a stream you really like. And there are also subscriptions on Twitch, which are also very important to get base revenue in for some of these creators. But specifically for the donations, it's not weird to donate on there. On the other hand, if you are, I don't know, on YouTube or something or on other platforms and say that like somehow you need to survive and live, that, that that's almost something that the audience dislikes where you get you get <laughs> minus credits if you say hey please like donate to my patreon or whatever i need to i want to live mm-hmm. and eat and <laughs> i think it's actually a topic that has come up a couple of times especially since twitch showed how it can be done and i think they did a really good job of shifting this mindset because many people especially younger the younger generation is still used to getting things for free mm. so to actually be able to pay content providers there need to be something like advertisement or the mindset needs to change and people need to actually pay for stuff like a subscription or like specific episodes or they need to donate Mm -hmm. and i think gamifying it or making it normal as on twitch would be a really good step in the right direction but obviously it's way easier with direct interaction I think if you had a yeah. radio show, for example, where y- you listen to it and then you could just tap on a button on your phone while you were talking there and there would be a chat and interaction that makes it way easier than this asynchronous, hey, please donate to my Patreon in a video or something. Mm, agree, agree. And, and and maybe Clubhouse kind of fills the gap and maybe that's their vision, um, mm. kind of being part of mm. a, a, let's say, live conversation and interacting on it and then also enabling donations and stuff. So I think there, as you can see, right, there's so many kind of product sparks Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that could be integrated. And I think there's some some room. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. Um, yeah, one one last thing before we before we jump into the question. to to listener questions yep. on monetization. I, I think it's it's really tough because of, also if you look at the monetization rates between podcasts and other mediums, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really really bad. It's it's way less than radio, way less than TV. It's less than the like than other things so yeah podcasting still has a lot of room to grow in that space especially when you look at how much time a lot of people are already spending with it there's Mm. a huge mismatch of time spent and money made which is something that has to change i think if the, the whole industry wants to get to the next level on the other hand i think it's also a bit charming and that's the, the, the thing I want to close it off with. I think one part of why podcasting is so great is that it isn't yet fully commercialized. And that's weird to say by someone like me who is very capitalistic and built a startup, <laughs> right? Like my, my main goal is to build really big companies that are financial successes. But then also there are just some areas that have a unique experience or a unique flavor if they are not yet fully monetized. And there's not 10 advertisement, like ad breaks, like in between and everything else. Yeah, that, that was just the, the last thing I wanted to say. I love podcasts, have been loving them for a long time, and I hope that they don't change too much because of the revenue pressure. I agree. And 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 then let's leave it like that. I think that's a very good statement here, um, kind of finalizing it off. Great. Cool. How about we cover one of these questions? And I, and I know we are very... Yeah, you can pick one. Very good on time. Um, there was... <laughs> yeah, we are, we, we are way, like talking way too much again. <laughs> but, but this question is, I think, very interesting since um, Mike has been doing a blog for... How many, how many years now? Mm, I think I started in 2016. I mean, I, I did. Bl- I, I blocked before, mm-hmm. but my, I started for real in 2017. That's when I uploaded like I think 70% of my articles. Cool. And and the question was if if you could give yourself and I've kind of hosted a podcast for three and a half years, so of course I I also know a lot about the podcasting space and creation with podcasting. But the question was if you could give yourself of late 2016 three tips to achieve the same success with your podcast or respectively your blog in half the time or with mm. half the effort which three
three tips would you give Max or Mike in twenty six or in twenty twenty now or in twenty sixteen back then? <clears throat> and mm. I'm I'm happy to kind of start off. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the first thing that I want to cover, I don't think there's the option to to do half the effort. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You need to put some effort in in order to have <clears throat> uh, some success. Uh, there's no no way around it. But to kind of be very concrete and pragmatic, I think the very first point that I would recommend myself uh, in twenty sixteen would be that I I shouldn't get confused by with the numbers because the numbers um, when looking at kind of blog reads or um, or uh, kind of podcast listens it can just confuse you and it can kind of give you the feeling that you don't have success especially in the first months uh, people get very anxious when they don't see their podcast exponentially growing from the first day and that's not going to happen and just don't look at them keep going um, keep doing it for at least 20 30 episodes and and the numbers shouldn't confuse you if you want to do it for for more than just six months so that's the first point the second mm-hmm. point is always focus also when doing podcasts or blogs i would recommend to build great relationships because i remember then back then when i started the podcast the guests were of course a key part of of um of my podcast and i tried to build a great relationship with them before the podcast during the podcast and after the podcast and i did the same thing with my listeners i i, I once in once in a, in a while met different different listeners that i partly knew before that i didn't know before and it just helped to kind of build a relationship with them and understand what do they like what do they don't like which kind of guess what they like to see and also looking at the guest side it really helped to to build a relationship because if they kind of kept kept listening to your podcast as well since they have been a guest they kind of um, pushed it forward on their social media channels and it just helped you grow it further and building those relationships has been key i think from from three and a half years of doing it and then kind of my last point is more on that you should start create more content around other platforms as well Uh, and i think i should have done a way better job at, at it and, and Mike and I can definitely improve on it as well. But using your your content on your podcast to promote it on LinkedIn, YouTube, on any any other channel that is out there can be very super super relevant on kind of growing your audience. Um, a, a good friend of mine, he's a big podcaster in Germany, uh, Fabian. Uh, you also know him, Mike, uh, and he kind of oh, yeah. he totally understands the game of how to use the podcasting space uh, to kind of convert the content into LinkedIn, YouTube, and any other kind of platform. And that's that can be a big kind of boost. He's also on TikTok now, I think, right? Yeah, I think he's also on TikTok. He's super smart about it. Um, check him out. Fa- Fabian Tausch, um, super smart about kind of re- repurposing his content. And I think you could learn a lot from from him as as as, as a podcaster himself for, for over three or four years now. So those are my, my top three, I think. And Mike, do you have any, any anything to add here? Yeah, I think it's, it's a difference whether you do it full-time or part-time as well, because I think Fabian sure. is actually doing it full-time. Sure. So he has professionalized yeah. it to a degree that is difficult to do if you do it part-time, but I still agree. He's a good example, especially in the German space. Yeah, I think for, for the blog, I mean, it's not super big, but it has a consistent reader uh, readership, which is nice. And just people really like my content. Uh, I think one really big part is just consistency you just need to upload regularly it's similar to podcasting right Mm -hmm. so i got most of my followers when i was publishing every single week one because it just shows people that you committed it just gives more people the opportunity to read what you're writing and then also the algorithm i I publish mostly on medium the algorithm helps you as well Mm -hmm. if you are if you're consistent and if people actually spend the time reading it so i think consistency is key with almost everything you're doing on the one hand because because then people notice and on the other hand that's on the other hand that's how you get better mm-hmm. agree right if you stop after three articles or three podcast episodes you're probably not any good but i've published i don't know like probably like 50 60 articles by now in a couple of different areas and i think i'm I'm getting better, definitely better than I was a year ago, way better than I was two years ago, et cetera, et cetera. And, and writing helps you in all different areas, not just in blog Yeah, articles. writing is so great to structure your thoughts. And that's also how I think about my, let's call them productive hobbies, like writing or podcasting. It's a lot of fun. It gives me interactions with people I wouldn't meet otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then also it helps me to structure my thoughts. And the big difference between podcasting and writing is writing for me is a very analytical thought process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's creative as well, but it's okay, how do I understand this topic? Which perspective do I want to write? Like which perspective do I want to use when I write about it? Mm-hmm. And how do I actually ensure that what I write is understood by the reader? That's a very analytical process. It's asynchronous in the sense that I can basically redo it and redo do it uh, if I really wanted to improve it. I, I usually have like only one iteration cycle, but for 
bigger ones for bigger articles, I have multiple ones. Mm -hmm. And podcasting is almost the opposite, right? It's very spontaneous. It's helping us to think on our feet. It's basically helping us to lead conversations in a more eloquent and hopefully also more fluent way. And by fluent, I don't necessarily mean the language, but rather the way we speak. And it's also a very great skill to have. But back to the topic, consistency, first thing. Second thing, I should have used leverage better. So mm. a couple of things that really helped me is uh, guest posting, for example. I could have done that like once or twice uh, or like a couple of times more than I, than I actually had. And then lastly, I think it's just about spinning... Like finding your niche, I think that's partly also it. Like if you have a topic area that you know really well or that you can write really well about, that's that's definitely super helpful. Once you have that, everything will become easier. But the, the last problem you have is you still need to match it to the right audience. Okay. And <laughs> that is actually, that has been difficult for me from time to time because I, I have the urge to write a lot about a lot of different things. Like one thing is definitely startups. The other is self-improvement mm -hmm. that overlaps fairly well. But actually some of my writings, usually the ones I don't really publish, are either very deep in scientific theory or are talking about a very nerdy topic like within the like very very deep in the startup space or something that isn't necessarily easy to understand for mainstream readers mm -hmm. so i really it took me some time to figure out like what what should i publish where and like how do i mix things and yeah just finding your your tone your audience and then the right content i think that's just something you have to experiment you actually have to listen to feedback but by listening last thing <laughs> then i that actually listening to feedback doesn't mean do whatever like some random person is mm. saying yep. because some people on the internet are talking shit right some people will always, like everyone will always have to complain about something and if like a lot, like if some people tell you hey this is a great article blah 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 maybe you should change that then you can think about it but you don't have to right it's your mm. content and I, I always have the feeling that people who start out and haven't aren't really used to getting a lot of feedback that they try to incorporate everything they hear and sometimes just really bad advice Right. Absolutely. Often, often the other person doesn't really know better. It's super helpful to get outside perspectives and to get input, etc. But don't necessarily rely on what some random person is commenting below your medium post or whatever. So that's the last thing I, I, I want mean, to say. The same goes for product building, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, the, the customer yeah. is never going to tell you the exact feature that he or she wants to have. He's always going to kind of go more into problems. And then you need to figure out how you can solve those problems with your product. So I think there's some synergies in exactly. product building as well. And then also be aware of trolls. That's one thing actually many people that I know are a bit anxious about. Hmm. That someone will just, I don't know, like troll them. It's probably the correct term almost. Or will yeah. just hate on that content. Hmm. And I think you have to be self-confident. And yeah, I think self-confidence is the right word. You have to be self-confident enough to actually publish the content because it will never be perfect. But if you never go out there and never start doing it, then you will never improve and you can never go to the space you want to go to if that's what you want right absolutely so i think doing that initial step and just getting out there mm. is tough because you always not always but very often get some negative feedback at first from people that are jealous or from some random people that just had a bad day mm. and i think that's just something you have to get over and and that's something we can definitely go deeper i think in another podcast because we also talked about in a in a webinar that we were invited to kind of how do how do we oh, deal yeah how do we deal with negative influences so i think that can be definitely a different topic um for for a specific episode also related to to kind of tech and also kind of content creation yeah cool. that makes sense i mean just in respect of time i, I think we have we, we had a couple of listener questions that we can also incorporate in the upcoming episodes but we have of course yeah. maybe a tool recommendation that we can kind of give 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 forward um so i think we both have a couple of ideas um or at least one idea you want to start off yeah i, I can start off so one one very generic tool recommendation because it was uh, it happened to me a couple of days ago that one of my friends didn't use it is please install a javascript blocker in your browser you, there's a lot of different ones i personally use ublock origin mm -hmm. uh, there's so many different ones but especially if you are on let's say shady websites or like want to try like something out of the mainstream internet or like off the like top 100 200 sites or in general just want your 
computer free from Spire and everything. I think a JavaScript blocker is one of the first things you should install. It's free. Yeah. It's helpful. And it will actually show you that the internet isn't full of ads. I mean, it is if you don't install it, but the internet looks way better if not everything is full of ads. So yeah, I agree. it does have to be block just depending on the browser you use do some research. It's it's really it really changes your life, uh, I think. I agree. I, I use Adblock Plus, which is also a Cologne-based company. Nice. Yeah. Um, so um, can definitely recommend that. I have also have a tool, which is also quite niche and uh, probably also nerdy, but it's called Surf Easy VPN. Um, mm. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a cool company. They what they do is they just have a very simple integration into your laptop, and you can use it to build a VPN connection wherever you are, whether you are in in a foreign country and you still want to watch German football, or if you are <laughs> uh, in, in, in England and you want to kind of access your whatever German data infrastructure or whatever it is, um, Surf Easy VPN is definitely great. And it's super cheap. I think it's like two bucks um, and you have kind of access to over 40 or 50 countries that you can access through your VPN. So I think that's definitely a good recommendation from my side. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I also use, I actually I don't have my go to VPN. I'm that's one of the products where I'm switching around a lot and i don't even know why mm. so i'm I, like I, apparently like every like couple of months i switch my vpn <laughs> but yeah it's so helpful especially if you travel internationally and then at some point some geo-blocking website wants to tell you that you can't access your yeah. account that you yourself bought and that you are paying for just because you travel to a different like country or continent that and very few things annoy me as much definitely then check out server easy it's pretty cool and i don't have any shares in it it's just a good recommendation <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true uh, I, I think that's probably also a good way to close it off. I I do have a quote, and I, I think like we we just quote Joe Rogan for today because we were talking about him. Mm. Uh, he has a couple of of very funny ones, but I just take one I really uh, really enjoy. So one thing he said is that's my only goal surround myself with funny people and make sure everyone has a good time and works out and i think it's a great it's a great spirit because if you if you have cool people around everyone has a good time and everyone is working hard then it's usually a sign for happiness and then also good productivity and uh, progressing well I agree I agree and we made the first step here in the last hour <laughs> <laughs> that is true so everyone as always thanks for listening send in your questions we will answer them at some point if they're good and then also if you haven't already uh, feel free to subscribe you can follow on spotify you can subscribe on apple podcasts it would help us especially for people who don't uh, know about it yet to find us. We already have the first, uh, let's say, organic people that uh, didn't hear about the podcast from us or their friends, which is nice. Uh, and then also, like I said earlier, if you really like what we're talking about and if, if you listened until now and wasted, not wasted, if you productively invested almost an hour of your time <laughs> or probably a bit less since you listen on 1.5x speed, then tell a friend about it and we would be happy about it. Always reach out if you have input or questions or anything else. And yeah. I think that's a great way to close it off. It was a pleasure as always, Max. Thanks, Next Mike. Next time we'll probably finally record in person. Yes, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to it. Likewise. Um, let's let's see what we can get planned for for the next episode. Maybe we can do something special. <laughs> yeah, we we will have we will have a brainstorming session before, and then we'll make sure that it's special. <laughs>